you end up feeling like school in general is a negative experience. As a child, if you didn't get the math answer correct, you'd get slapped in the head. When I became a parent and I saw that my own kids were going through challenges in the main school system, I decided I wanted to try and be different and go into teaching. And at the end of the day, they're learning math and English and science, thinking that they're playing and they're having fun. So if we're in an environment that is safe and comfortable and you can throw fun into the equation, then people open up and they are accepting to learning new things and tackling difficult tasks. Today on the show, I'm happy to have my good friend, Melissa Kelly. She's the founder of the Sunny Shores Academy. They offer personalized learning sessions inspired by nature. Melissa, what got you into teaching? I always wanted to be a teacher. I'm the oldest of five children. So my younger siblings always had to play school and be at the chalkboard and I'd be the teacher, they'd be my students. So I think it started that way. Then I went through my own schooling experience as a child and found it to be not the most positive experience. Like many people in my generation, there was a lot of, I, I went to a Catholic school. If you didn't get the math answer correct, you'd get slapped in the head. It was a negative learning experience. So when I became a parent and I saw that my my own kids were going through similar, not nothing like what I obviously went through in that generation, but challenges in the main school system. I decided I wanted to try and be different and perhaps go into teaching and try my own style. And so that's what really prompted me to, to want to go back to school at a later age. Um, my kids were just entering school when they were in grade one and grade two when I went back to teacher's college. So a little bit later after teaching for a while, you actually chose to leave the conventional school system. I guess I went in hoping that I would be able to make a difference in the system, not in a whole major way with the school system, but yet within my own classroom. And I certainly felt I had that autonomy being a classroom teacher that I could change things and not necessarily do things exactly the way the system had laid it out for us as teachers. So I, I did my best with, within the system, but it didn't really there because the way it works is you're, you do have autonomy as a classroom teacher to run your classroom as you see fit. However, you do have to follow the, the ministry or the, the state regulations and follow what they would taught and the way that it's taught. Uh, I used to find it very difficult when they would tell us to put anchor charts around our classroom and bulletin boards. And that's a lot of visual stimulation for a lot of students. And so I would try and keep my classroom as minimalistic as possible because I wanted when the kids to, when they were in the classroom, for them to be not as uh, visually stimulated. I wanted them to be able to be in a calm environment. But I always would get pushback I mean, because the principal and the education department would want us to have posters everywhere. And it was a lot for the kids. And I also wanted to spend a lot of time outside with my students. And that's not really the public school system. It's not very conducive for that when you have 25 to 30 children and safety is number one. There were multiple reasons, but I felt that I'd make a better difference if I did it in my own way, and I've always had a little bit of an entrepreneurial side to me, so I thought, why not 
try and venture out on my own and teach children one-on-one in the way that I feel they'll benefit best. So what are exactly are your views on the, the pros and cons of all that visual stimulation? I think it appeals to the visual learners. Some students like to be able to look up something as a reminder or something that they've learned in the past and then they can look over as a prompt. But I think that sometimes with all the writing on the walls and all of the pictures and all of the slogans, it, it can be a little bit much. And often it's ignored anyway. So you believe in so, more, more of a custom approach based on how the child learns? Absolutely. Yeah. When I went to teacher's college, I, my entire schooling view changed. I, because I, as I mentioned earlier, it was my own experience was a little bit negative. And I think that negativity leaves an imprint on you and you end up feeling like school in general is a negative experience. So when I was in teacher's college, I had amazing professors who really taught that uh, customized, that each student is unique, each style, each style is different. They have a learning profile that each person has to be met at a certain point, not where the curriculum tells them they have to be met. They need to be met where they're at. And then from there, you scaffold on top of that and you build upon what they know, not in a way that's overly challenging that will frustrate them, but in a way that engages them and they feel the success. They feel like it, there's a win each day and they want to come back to school and they want to keep learning. And uh, yeah, I, I just felt that in the traditional school system, the way it is now and the direction it's going, would uh, it just isn't conducive to that kind of learning. You can't customize to 25 to 30 children who all have different learning profiles. It's really difficult. Now that you went private with the academy approach, what does your philosophy or solution look like? So the solution, I think, number one, the, I think the number one teacher for all children is the parent. So I think the parent working with the teacher is number one. And again, that's really difficult when you have a classroom of 25 to 30 kids. You're talking about 50 parents. So that you're managing 50 parents plus your 25 students. That's 75 people. That's a lot of people to keep happy. And so in this way, it's one-on-one and I can understand the needs that the parent is looking for their child better. I can communicate where I see their child at better. And I can work one-on-one with that student on focused, targeted, educational milestones they're trying to meet. And immediate feedback, it's more targeted. We don't have the distractions of a classroom. I want to teach all of my lessons outside, whether providing the weather is fine, but here in Florida, you're able to do that. And that way, the environment for the student makes them more open to learning. Yeah. uh, Sometimes there are, in rare cases, students who will be fine just sitting at a desk in a classroom in a school all day listening and doing exactly what the teacher tells them to do. Is that really their natural inclination or are they just being compliant and trying to appease to the needs of the teacher? I think in general, most people, uh, me included, and most adults, not to mention all, all children, They need to be moving. They want to be outside. They want to be engaged physically. They want to visually see things as well as auditorily hear things. 
it's hard to say, like when I plan my lessons for my students, I assume they're all that type of learner. They want to be doing something. They want to be listening to something. They want to be seeing something. I know we are trained as teachers to focus on what kind of learner uh, do they prefer to hear, receive their information through listening? Do they prefer to be working, sitting at their desk, quietly reading? There are students that would maybe be one one of those pieces, but I think for the most part, it's good to make sure that learning is available. All of those are accessible to the student so that they, if they want to learn whatever you're teaching through listening, they can and visually they can, but also just getting their hands in it, in it and involved and physically working on whatever it is they're working on, but receiving the information that way. So what would be an example of how you would go through a lesson to hit on all three fronts? When I was in the classroom setting, I can explain, I would always show a video first, and that would be more to engage. And it was almost the, in sales, there's a word, I can't remember what it is, but the first impression where you get the person in and you have them all of a sudden, you get their attention. And once, so that would be more visual auditory. And then from there, we would have a discussion about it, but I would make sure that on the board or on, you know, on the whiteboard, that there was something in writing as well. So they would hear what I would say, but then I would also direct them to what was written on the board. And then they would have an activity to put it all together that was hands-on. I taught grades three for several years. So for grade threes, they like to do arts and crafts. And I think it's really important as well to tap into that creative side. Children are so creative. They love art. So if they can learn math through art, then that way you're getting up, you're tapping into the creative side. You're also allowing them to do something that's hands-on. And at the end of the day, they're learning math and, and science, thinking that they're playing and thinking that they're having fun. Wasn't that kind of the best way to do it where they don't feel like it's work? Exactly. Yeah. And I, I have had students come up to me before and say, how come we don't do any work in your classroom? And I, th I take that as a compliment because they're learning and they're having fun. And that's why that's the whole goal uh, for me was always having my students leave the day feeling like it was a better day and that they have, there's been a win. They have succeeded in some way. And that way they come back tomorrow and they're enthusiastic to come back tomorrow and they're motivated to receive more information. And it, it's not a case of just making it all fun for them and they're not learning and it they're not actually learning the curriculum. They were learning the curriculum, but they didn't realize it. So right now we're doing one-on-one -on -one tutoring uh, because I'm focusing on making sure that we're learning on the beach or by the pool or by the docks with the boats. Again, it's almost like we're playing, but they are learning. I have a curriculum. I have goal, a lesson plan and learning goals. So it's a, maybe a little bit of a sly way of doing it, but in the end, the children are learning and they're enjoying it. That sounds great. I wish I had that kind of learning. Yeah. And it wasn't that way for me. And I felt that it was me that was maybe not a good student. I couldn't sit still on my desk. I, I wanted to talk to my friends. I wanted to like get around and walk around the classroom. And we were told repeatedly that was wrong. So that get imprints in your mind and it gives you this story that you tell yourself over and over, oh, maybe I wasn't good at school and maybe I wasn't a great student, but I pushed through, but I didn't enjoy it. 
And then it was when I went to teacher's college and I had teachers that really knew how to teach in a way that worked with me. And I was at the top of my class because I really enjoyed it. It was, I didn't feel bad about myself. I actually felt like I was leaving successful each day and that motivates you to come back. And when people feel that they are good at something, they want to continue it and they want to share that. I think that applies also to adults in the workplace just as well. It really, it's human nature at the end of the day. Somebody asked me once, what is your favorite grade to teach or what is your favorite age group to teach? And I couldn't even answer because to me, it, I'm, they're all people. They're just, they're all people just at different varying stages uh, in their development. But at the end of the day, we all learn the same. We all want learning to be in a safe environment. We want learning to be in an environment that feels good. We're human beings. We want to be comfortable. We don't want to be in discomfort. So if we're in an environment that is safe and comfortable and you can throw fun into the equation, then that's people open up, they, their creativity opens up, their minds open up, and they are accepting to learning new things and tackling difficult tasks. Well, Rudy, if one of our listeners wanted to explore having their son or daughter come and use your services, how could they do so? They can go on my website or my Instagram account and they can take a look at the different services that that we offer that one of the services is just your traditional tutoring for math and for english language just helping students if they're a little bit feeling that they're a little bit behind where they just need that extra guidance and support and that's one of the services i also have they have an opportunity to learn english as a second language and have the support for that Many of, many of the students, especially here in South Florida, are international, so they may have a, a first language and that isn't English. And I also offer uh, enrichment. So if many students are, are a little bit bored in their class and, and they may be a, a grade above, but they're not uh, necessarily wanting to skip a grade, they don't really do that anymore. They want to be amongst their peers, their same aged peers, so they need enrichment. So we offer that as well. And I also offer a service to parents where they can have support in learning an IEP, an individual education plan, and having assistance in developing that plan. It's a little bit daunting for parents to customize that plan. And although the school provides that, that service, sometimes it's nice to have that ex- extra teacher or somebody who understands special education and can customize it a little bit uh, to make it a strong document. So they choose their service. I also offer a discovery, a complimentary discovery meeting where I meet with the child and the parents. Right now I'm offering to do a free reading assessment. And from there, I give a, I prescribe what I feel might be best for the student moving forward. So make sure to check out sunnyshoresacademy.com. And thank you everybody for listening to another episode of Failing to Success and from Melissa for coming on. If you like the show, make sure to give us a five-star review. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki, and we'll see you next time.